Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. We're so blessed that you're joining us today. How many of you listening to me right now, when you were born again, you were on fire? fire for Christ. I mean, this was the best thing ever. You talked about your faith at work with your friends. You attended church. If there was a special event or conference coming to town, you were there. It was awesome. Then life began to creep back into your life. The devil started to whisper, is that all there is? He started to skip the Bible study meetings. Not all of them, but it started. And then came a Sunday when you just didn't feel like going to church. And then, and then, and then, till one day you just felt like you let Jesus down. You were undeserving. You were, should I say it, a sinner. Well, (laughs) don't feel alone. It happens to everyone. Me as well. Our guest today has experienced that too. The only issue is when you allow to take over your life. When you realize what's happened and then don't do anything about it, that allows the devil to take the foothold and begin to build a castle in and around your life. You need to understand that and how to combat that. Once you do, then life begins to spring up all around you and in your spirit man again, amen, with a renewed purpose and and love, the love of God. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. James Ford was a carpenter by trade with no formal training other than being a high school graduate. But God had given him a talent and natural abilities to be a blessing to others through construction. He's born again and on fire for the Lord at age 16 and immediately had an encounter with the Lord. But just four years or so later, he left off following the Lord, questioning his Christianity. And let me just say here that although John left God, God did not leave John. Amen. Many years later, John realized God had a mission for him and was given the mission to share with the world the four commands of Christ, disciplines of faith. His ministry name is The Art Project U.S. John Ford has now published a book by the same name, The Four Commands of Christ, Disciplines of Faith, and he is here today to share with us his testimony, his ministry, and all about this great book. Help me welcome to the program, John Ford, author of The Four Commands of Christ. John, thank you for taking the time to come join us today. I do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Amen. Now, the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is John Ford? Well, um, I, I'm a carpenter. I mean, really, I'm a, I'm a nobody. I mean, I, I can't believe God would even ask me to write a book, let alone, there's the book. It's done. It's finished. <laughs> and, and I know... I don't want to bring this on like I'm all that in a bag of chips or anything, but I did say when it was done and published, it is finished. Amen. I understood what the mission was finished. 
and you you really start relating to the things that Jesus said throughout his life uh, here on earth uh because through the holy spirit he he just develops us and he's it took a long time because of my hardness of heart and i didn't get it and ignorance plays a lot into it and and a lot of what this book is about is ignorance don't live in ignorance yeah. and uh you know we need truth he came to this earth to give us truth he gave me truth and through that truth i used it whatever he gave me put it down in writing it took 10 years this isn't something i did overnight because i'm not a writer you know, I'm not an English major. I'm no major. You know, I'm a carpenter. <laughs> Amen. I'm a good carpenter, but I'm a carpenter, Amen. you know. Amen. So. Well, so is Jesus. How about that? <laughs> I know. I, I've heard that, and I don't want to, you know, it was really hard for me, but it's like, but that's the truth. I am a carpenter. I mean, I got hundreds of homes I built. I I can show you everything, you know, my skill set. I can still go out and frame a house pretty doggone good, even though I'm old. You know, I could show these young guys a lot that they don't right. even know because I Amen. did so many. That was my life. Amen. Well, let's go back to the beginning when you were born again at age 16. You said there was an encounter with the Lord that happened almost immediately. Can you share that experience with us and what happened? I was in the Springville Church of the Nazarene, which is up in the mountains down in the middle of California, kind of southern California. And um, the pastor had a call. And I just said, okay, I accept the call. I want Jesus in my life. And all of a sudden, he showed up, just like in the Bible, blazing. I mean, you could make out who he was, but his blazing, his hands touched my shoulder. Mm. And then immediately, it was gone. And I wanted to shout and scream, but I didn't. And sometimes I wonder if that wasn't a huge mistake. So anybody that's out there, <laughs> if you have something like that, shout, scream. Don't worry what people think. Because that does dampen the spirit to some degree. But I did. I, I Inside, I changed. I didn't know anything. I didn't tell anybody. I just went around and started singing. Uh, you know, when I was in grammar school, we had we sang hymns you know, in grammar school. And I remembered them. And I just started, you know, swing low, sweet cherry, just different songs, you know, just to try to. And then finally, the pastor said, did something happen to you? And I said, yeah, I, I told him <laughs> what had happened. And he says, oh, my goodness. We got to do something about that. So he put me in teaching Sunday school. Mm. And Amen. I think that's what, you know, I just didn't have a mentor. I didn't have, there was no way for me to learn how to be a Christian. And they yeah. threw me into, because I'm a Christian, they threw me into responsibility, which yep. I didn't deserve and shouldn't yep. have had. Yep. And I walked away. I, yep. I just walked away because I didn't know. Throughout my lifetime, yep. God has always been strong in my life, kind of like Samson in some degree, but not in fighting and not in strength, but, you know, strength of the Holy Spirit. And then I'd be like Samson, I'd fall away. I, I just didn't do what God wanted me to do. And um, finally, you know, I just committed to him. I, I, I walked away completely. Yeah. And I just and, said, I'm, I'm done. I can't do it. And you just okay. continued on in the construction business, living life, right? Yep. Until yep. 1980. What happened yep. in 1980? I I was a, a paper millionaire. Let's just call it that. I had 360 lots in Roseville, California. And um, a lot of older people, if they listen to this, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And 
NEC, Hewlett-Packard announced they were going north of me two miles. So that made me one of the most popular guys in Sacramento. I'm not kidding. Guys would take me to lunch. You know, different things would happen. People take notice of you. That's never happened to me before in my life. And I just kind of looked at it like, what's this all about? You know, and God took it all away. I couldn't afford 22% interest rates on, on the construction loans that I had. Um, I got most of my construction loans, get this guy's 10% interest rates. And we were happy to have 10% interest rates. Uh, but one of my construction loans, me and a half was on construction of the model homes and whatnot. That was too above prime. And that's what took it all away from, I couldn't do it. So I brought investors in, we did this, we sold everything we could. And it just got to a point where, uh, Placer Savings and Loan in, in um, Auburn made him an offer. We took it. I walked away. And by the time I paid the investors off, I ended up with zero. And I had a ton of money in there. I mean, I lost my house, my truck. I lost everything because I couldn't pay it. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a way to pay for anything. And I didn't yeah. save money like a lot of guys in those days stashed money away. I didn't do that. I just paid everybody as honest. And then I was just kind of feeling sorry for myself one day and I heard a radio program on, on the, on the car radio and uh, I accepted Jesus again. And all of a sudden the Holy spirit came back in me in a strong way. And I just couldn't believe it, you know, and I was just really filled with the Holy spirit and some guys that I knew, you know, they, they could tell something happened. What happened to you? And I told them, yeah. And uh, I said, but I don't, I don't know how to be a Christian, but you know, we'll see. And uh, God has been ever since then, God's been teaching me little at a time what to do. So you came back to the Lord because of listening to Christian radio. That's correct. Yes. So you see folks, you don't have to go to church and ask the pastor to pray for you. Just like John, I wasn't born again in church. I didn't have anyone there to pray for me. I prayed to the Lord out of my desperation and he heard me. And without going into my entire testimony again, I was born again, and my life has never been the same since. And Amen. there was nobody there but me and God. And same thing with John, uh, James. I'm sorry that, that he was. That's all right. Uh, just him and God. Yeah, he listened to the radio. Amen. He listened to the radio, but the Holy Spirit's the one that had him listening to the radio at that moment in time. Praise God. Amen. So your calling into ministry was from the book of Ezekiel, right? Yes. I also have the book of Ezekiel, chapter 2 and chapter 3 for my calling. But the primary calling he gave me was from Ezekiel 3, 1 through 11, specifically verses 5 through 8. that says, for you are not sent to a people of a strange speech and a hard language, but to the house of Israel or your own nation. Not to many people of a strange speech, hard language, whose words you can't understand. For I sent you to them, they would have listened to you. But the house of Israel, your own nation, will not listen to you, for they will not listen to me. For all the people of your own nation are impudent and hard-hearted. Behold, I've made your face strong against their faces, their, your forehead strong against their foreheads. As we talked about before the recording, that made complete sense to me because I've grown up, I was always told that I was hard-headed. But uh, <laughs> the point is, I'm not sent to be a missionary overseas. I'm to proclaim the gospel here to the United States. So they're without excuse. Now, your calling was a bit farther down in Ezekiel 317. You care to share that? Yeah, 317 says, you know, I called you and you're to go and warn Israel. And, I, and I'm and i with you. I mean, 
Israel is my people, too. I, I didn't take it as I got to go to Israel, you know. I took it as whoever I have an influence with, whoever's around me, that's my Israel. And he says, I want you to warn them. And if you don't warn them, their blood's on your head. But if you warn them and they don't heed, then the blood's on their head. So to me, my 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 thought in my head was, boy, the, you know, I got to be careful what I do. If I don't go out and preach and teach and, and write, you know, this stuff is on my head and, and somebody might need this. And I don't know, like you said earlier, I don't know who that's going to be that's going to come forward and accept Jesus. Probably another Martin Luther King. Who knows? I mean, we don't <laughs> know. You know right. God doesn't tell us those things. He just says, be faithful, be obedient, yep. humble yourself yep. and submit. That's Amen. what he said. There was a, a story I heard a long time ago, and back in the turn of the 19th century, in the, like 1901, 02, like that, uh, there was a little old evangelist preacher making the, the circuit tour out in the Midwest, and, you know, he just you know, horse and wagon type thing, you know, before Henry Ford built them the Model T and all that, but he just go town to town, you know, he set up his big tent on the edge of town and, you know, set that up and then have start having nightly meetings. And the next week, you know, the weekend would come, he'd tear it down and move on to the next town, do the same thing. And he went into this one town and set it up and preached his heart out all week long. Nobody came forward to accept the invitation. Not one person until the very last night on the last sermon, a little seven-year-old boy named Billy walked the aisle. And you know, in his log, he said, I, I think this town was a total waste of my time. Because not one person got born again except a little boy named Billy Sunday. Mm. And Billy Sunday changed the world. And because that preacher, a no-name preacher, we still don't know his name, because that one preacher obeyed God, did what he was told to do. On the outside, it looked like a total waste of time, a total flop. But that one preacher, because of his obedience, Billy Sunday changed the world. We're still talking about him today. <laughs> you know? So that's so yeah, I'm right there with you. You know, you never know. Yeah. It's going to take what you say through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and it's going to touch their heart and change their life and impact people for decades down the down the tube of time. Amen. Amen. That's that's what I hope. Uh, the um, the book does touch on a lot of that. In other words, it touches on teaching us what God wants us to know. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like we, we all go to church. We all listen all the time to pastors preaching, preaching, preaching. And there's nothing wrong with their preaching. So I'm not condemning that. But what they don't do is they don't send you home with homework. Or how do I accomplish implement. that? What's yep. yeah? What? How do I implement? How do I adopt that into my life and make it a part of my life so yep. that I can be a successful Christian? Yeah. I, that was been my problem my whole life. I amen, amen. I love it. I go home filled with the Holy Spirit, and I go out there to the job, and it's gone. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just, it's, there's yeah. no application. And I've preached but, on that for years too, that, you know, people that, oh, I was church. Oh man, it was all, pastor was on fire. What did he preach on? Yeah, I forgot, <laughs> but it was good. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Now, one thing you cover in your book, and I am absolutely in agreement with, is there is a difference between knowing about Christ and knowing Christ, loving Christ, serving Christ, surrendering to Christ, and maintaining that kind of relationship with him. And you use the phrase, tithing your time. Now, I have used that phrase for over 25 years. hadn't heard anybody else use that phrase. And, and, and I'm shocked that even when I say it, people don't now, they still don't know, understand what it means, but you use it. How can I tithe my time? So you and I are on the same page here. Explain that for our listeners. Yeah, let me let me start with the genesis of it. Um, it's I, I've been working on a program since 93 called Governing Values. Uh, God gave that to me through some construction management courses I took, time management. And I was thinking to myself, why don't Christians use time management for their lives? I mean, why? what if I took this time management but turned it into a Christian course where people would learn how to do these things? And, and a lot of the, the disciplines of faith were a part of that. But it took me 10, 20 years to get to that point, too, because I didn't know what I was doing, if you know what I'm saying. So it, eventually, this all worked down to tithe your time. And I had some people that I mentioned in the book that were, they were just kind of, you know, plodding me along, pushing me. Don't give up, Jim. You're, you're, are you, how you doing? Are you working on the book? And then when I had my outline done, I said, wow, here's my outline. They're pastors and they're missionaries and they're very, very knowledgeable, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, uh, they have their masters in in Christian philosophy type stuff. And she said, you can't put in tither time. You can't put that in the book. It's not in the Bible. You know, because I told her I, I'm trying to stick strictly with the Bible verses. It's not me. It's what Jesus says with my interpretation, what Jesus gave me and how to interpret it. She said, that's not in there. Well, at the end, I said, I don't care. I don't care if it's not in there. Amen. People need to know to tie their time. If they don't spend time with God, they're nothing. They're going to be nothing. You can't expect to be a Christian. You can't expect to be filled with the Holy Spirit if you don't spend some time with God. And I say tie their time. So what does that do? That gives you a goal. That gives you something to strike for, something to shoot for, and start small, like, like any goal. And then in my governing values, I teach about goal planning and what to do, how to do it, and all that stuff. But it it starts small and work your way up. Start with, you know, reading the Psalms is what I tell them in the book. Read Psalms, you know, five Psalms and one proverb every day. It works perfect. And then read about, you know, just go through the Bible in a year, have that. And then I tell them, you were talking about missionaries and Billy Sunday and all that stuff. I tell them, read autobiographies of great Christian people in the past. See what they did, because that inspires people. Yeah, that could yeah. cause something to, you know, that could be a whole ministry for somebody. I don't know. But if you don't do it, if you don't tie your time, you're not going to get anywhere. And yeah. what's the big deal of spending two and a half hours of your time a day? Start some in the morning, start some in the evening. What I mean, look at the time we spend on the phone and, and mm -hmm. TV and all that. Yep. Yep. And, and I have to push myself just so you know, people out there, I have to push myself too. I'm not 
you know, perfect in everything I say and do. I have to follow my own book. I have to do what it says in there. I have to keep committing myself to this. This isn't something that's easy for any of us to do. It's something that we have to purposely do. And that's why if they grab a hold of tithing your time, that helps them to be purposeful. Yeah. Amen. And like I said, two and a half hours a day. And yeah, you could sit down at 7 a.m. in the morning and just start reading the Bible and praying. And you know, what's going to happen? You're going to look at the clock. Oh, man, another half hour. That's not joyfully giving your tithe, you know. Correct. But if you sit down for that 45 minutes in the morning and then you're driving to work, you see, instead of listening to the crap that's on the radio on most of these stations, turn on a Christian station, just let the word be ministered to you. That's tithing 20 minutes to work, 25 minutes to work, 25 Absolutely. minutes. To work. There's an hour, an hour plus the 45 minutes, hour and 45 minutes. You only got, you know, 45 minutes to go. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, what do you do at lunch? You know, I mean, turn the radio on at your desk or whatever, or pop in, you know, nowadays with these cell phones and stuff, you can do a podcast or whatever. Exactly. Just 30 minutes at lunch while you're eating your lunch. Now you're only like 15 minutes. So you spend that 15 minutes time in prayer, whatever you need to two and a half hours is not a lot of time to take out of your day because you can listen passively in the background. We were talking before the recording about how sometimes I'm playing a radio in the background and it's ministering to me. And, yeah. you know, and, you know, I won't go into all that, but, but you, you, you know, remember we had that conversation. It's ministering to me. If people would do this, even start somewhere with it. They're going to find when they go to church that they're already filled with the Holy Spirit. They're already ready to serve, not take. And 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 the change, and then, like me, I, I get up there, and, and not all the time. There's sometimes, I feel like dancing, I'm so full of the Holy Spirit. I just feel, I mean, everybody says, oh, you're just making a spectacle, and you're trying to be, no, I am not. Amen. I am so filled with the Holy Spirit that how can he not dance? David danced when the ark was coming into uh, Jerusalem. So why yeah. wouldn't we dance before the Lord? I think it's very good. Um, I think it's nothing wrong with enjoying the Holy Spirit with God. And, and then what happens is you might go next week and, and not have that. Okay. But you know where to get it. You know Amen. where to go back to to get that again, and that is tie their time, read, pray, fast, get a fasting yeah. program going, memorize scripture, get you some three by five cards and start memorizing some scripture, you know, just start doing all of that works to enhancing your relationship with God, and then God will use you mightily. Amen. Amen. Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with James Ford, author of the book, For The Four Commands of Christ. Now, this is really, really good stuff, as you could tell from the way James has been sharing with us. Yes, the Bible is still needful. Yes, the entire Word of God is needful. But imagine if you could focus on do this, 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 and this, and you basically fulfilled all the law and the prophets. Now, I don't want to get into legalism discussions or anything like that, okay? But James Ford has basically codified the gospel into the four commands of Christ. Praise God. That makes it easy to understand, easy to share, easy to digest, and easier to do. Amen. Drop down the show notes below and order your copy of James Ford's book, The Four Commands of Christ, 
right now while you're thinking about it. That's Pastor Bob's number one command, okay? Order the book. Number two, command number two, be sure to come back for the very next episode as we conclude this great interview with James Ford. <laughs> Until then, this is Pastor Bob Romani. Be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.